Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old albums for some reason. Nick. Chris. Caleb. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Act together Welcome, again. Guys. Yeah. Good job. Uh, this week, I think we have a Nick pick, one of Nick's favorite famous, famous picks. picks. <laughs> My famous picks. <laughs> I have got the soundtrack to The Girl Next Door. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Great pick. Right from uh, <laughs> 2004. Yeah. I remember this movie. I, I don't remember the soundtrack at all until now. Uh, going back into it, it's it's a little bit it's a little weird. I don't know, how, <laughs> how do you feel? Did you have the soundtrack? I did not own the soundtrack. Uh, I remember seeing this movie when it came out uh, somewhere around Port Aransas, Texas, <laughs> during a spring <laughs> break with some with some friends. That's coastal South Texas for you non-Texas natives <laughs> out there. Uh, some of the music in the soundtrack, as we'll find out, uh, there's some classics. Uh, something interesting that this soundtrack does uh, versus other ones that we've done on the podcast before is that usually if there's a score, they'll separate it into a different soundtrack. And this soundtrack kind of peppers in. Mixes it in a little bit. Mixes mm-hmm. it in. So it, it creates a, a unique listening experience. <laughs> I was like, I was surprised I rewatched this film and... Uh, there is a ton of like big ticket music in this yeah, movie. That's what I, like, I was shocked by. They it. must have spent like, whoa <laughs> a lot of money clearing all this music, and not a lot of it made it onto the official soundtrack. Oh yeah, the movie's got like forty songs. In yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, there's music the entire movie for every yeah. scene. <laughs> it's really kind of crazy in the yeah. movie, and it's yeah big names too. And I was like, the oh, who? Man. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Um, it, there's a lot of uh, aspects to this movie. I mean, like, because you think it's going to be just some sort of, like, you know, post-American pie, like, uh, high school sex comedy. But there's, like, a little bit more heart to it. And then there's, like, some really big names in it. And then, like, you know, they've got a huge soundtrack. And I, yeah. I don't know. I think, like, there was a lot of production put into it. And... I, had some, I had some problems on the rewatch. We'll get into it later. Let's, let's, uh... let's go ahead and start in. This is track one. This is Paul Hasslinger with The Plan. got some score music clearly with this track here yeah paul hasslinger from the one the only the incomparable band tangerine Tangerine dream Dream, baby but my understanding is that he was only in it for a short time in the 80s (laughs) which i mean they were probably pretty productive during that point but tangerine dreams a a group that's been around for a long time and put out a ton of things i thought it was mainly him and one other guy was it not or was it a I, I, I might be wrong, but I thought that he was kind of a journeyman. Like, uh, I think he was pretty heavily involved. I think he toured with them a bunch, yeah. got tired of it, yeah. and said, I'm going to do music for movies. <laughs> Which what the, they were always already doing. Like, yeah. uh, Tangerine Dreams done a ton of great soundtracks. Oh, man. Yeah. They, we were just talking about how they just cranked out music in the 80s, specifically for movies. And it's all, like, weird, synthy stuff. <laughs> and it's, it, oh, like, Fever Dream sound. Like, it's great. <laughs> I mean, I love the Sorcerer soundtrack. Yeah. Oh man, I was just listening to that today. It's it's too good. Uh, it's very good. Legend soundtrack. I was talking about earlier. It's uh yeah, Tangerine Dream. Check him out. But Paul Hasslinger himself. <laughs> He's uh, done he, music for uh, Underworld. I saw the Underworld ones. <laughs> yeah, were the... yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Paul. <laughs> Those fucking movies, man. <laughs> I've never had the uh, the pleasure. Oh. <laughs> no. yeah, I mean. 
Oh, do we, a, do we have an Underworld fan? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I've partaken a few times. Um, I like the Lycans, which are the, uh, the werewolves. Uh, they turn on the werewolves on command. So I always thought they the were favorite. cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of those weird... Uh, it's like a duo of Kate Beckinsale and yeah. Kate Beckinsale's husband, I think, directed all of those. It, it reminds me of the Resident Evil it's sort very... of team up, you know, uh, which is... Um, the fact that there hasn't been a crossover is kind of tragic. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> Let's take a listen to track two. This is Filter with Take a Picture. I remember this song playing in the film when uh, um, Emile Hirsch's character Matthew leaves the classroom and jumps in the car with uh, Danielle by Elisha Cuthbert. <laughs> yeah, he's skipping school. Yeah. She's outside and summons him over. Uh, <laughs> and this, this song comes up a couple of times in the movie, I think at least twice. In this movie, um, the first act is very much the classic. Uh, what is it, Manic, Manic, Manic Pixie, Pixie Dream, Dream Girl? Girl. Yeah, the girl who rolls in and decides to change one boring guy's life for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the weird thing about this movie is that as soon as he becomes like an active participant, she she hardly has any lines. Yeah. She's like in the whole movie, but she's just like standing next to him as he makes big decisions. You're so right. And is just like in love with him for no reason. Yeah, she becomes like a completely tertiary character towards the end. It's super creepy. Like yeah. she, I'm sure that there were lines at one point, but they all got edited out or something because she's just standing there. If you haven't seen the movie, she's the girl next door. Yeah. And also, she was in a pornographic film or two so that's the thing is that she's like alive and she's fun and she's like pushing his boundaries and once he finds out that she was in a porn uh then she like kind of shuts down yeah and then he decides that he loves her anyways and she just kind of like nods and they're in love i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well it's i mean i guess um <laughs> the writer of the, the writer te- the writing team has decided like surely no one could ever love a porn star so <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, this so, high school kids like trying to rescue her from some sort of like sordid life which she seems like she's doing fine i don't i, mean, uh, I don't know <laughs> you never asked her what she wants to do yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> although she is a uh, house sitting for her aunt yeah and, and at one point she's like i gotta get out of here and it's like wait no you have to house sit for your aunt you can't just get up and leave where's your aunt uh getting back to filter uh, any thoughts on filter <laughs> well that was it was one of the guys he was like a touring musician with nine inch nails right that's right the singer yeah yeah and uh i remember them mostly for that hey man nice shot song their which, first big hit uh, yeah. everyone was convinced was about uh kurt cobain mm. uh, but was actually about there was this um it was in the 80s they've, they've denied that i believe well there's yeah. like a famous a video where this this he was like a city treasurer or something he had uh, embezzled a bunch of money from some city or state i can't remember what and he'd gone he'd gotten sentenced and he had like a press conference after the trial 
and it was like it was on live and he just pulled out a gun and shot himself but uh, his TV. name is bud dwyer there you go and it's one of like the most horrific like viral videos you'll ever see. i, I really please don't watch it it's no. because you, you see everything and then like he after he you know does it uh he like turns towards the camera and like it's <laughs> it's it's like this. I'm not even kidding. Uh, it's it's terrible. But um, but yeah, I think the song predated uh, Kurt Cobain ever. But it came out like around the same time mm-hmm. as he committed suicide. So everybody, yeah, take a picture. It doesn't really sound like the rest of Filter's music for some reason. I'm not really sure what that track yeah. is. Well, yeah. their, their music is like a lot harder than that. It's just it's kind a of little this. harder. But they they use that in so many movies. I know, I, I should have come with a, a list prepared, but like it, it it dominated the soundtracks in like the mid 2000s. So oh, yeah. maybe they needed one of those i remember really hanging on mtv all cow. the time yeah. yeah but there was always that like grunge was supposedly like the antidote to hair metal mm-hmm. and then like grunge kind of turned into alternative rock or whatever and it, it's all the same it was the same bands that were like kind of hard but wanted to have their big like hit and they would do like their ballad right it was the exact same stuff as you know like it's all the same it's all just the same <laughs> it's just hair metal filters just hair metal <laughs> yeah. Let's see if track three has any uh, hard hardness in it. This is uh, Thunderclap Newman with something in the air. Thunderclap Newman making uh, their first appearance yeah. on track listing yeah, here. Um, I recognize that from the Almost Famous soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I really, I really like this song. It's a great song. It's famously uh, the band was put together by Pete Townsend. Oh wow! It's like he, a super group of sorts. Uh, kind of. It's um, <laughs> it's funny because it's named after the piano player. Or if you listen to a lot of Thunderclap Newman tracks, the the piano is the most distracting part. <laughs> it was made to showcase one of their songwriting talents. Yeah. It's like a vessel for um, showcasing. I think Pete Townsend's playing bass under a pseudonym. He has some sort of weird like uh, <laughs> Thunderclap Newman name. But yeah. uh, This is playing when they're uh, getting to know each other at the diner. It's a great song. Yes. It uh, This song sparks my rage against boomers. The whole like... <laughs> We're going to change the world. We, Boomer brain rot. Yeah. Love is going to change the world. It's like, great job, guys. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's it's like oh, like over, overflowing with nostalgia and kind of like good 60s feelings. But yeah. it's a great song. Yeah, I really enjoy that song. She's uh, drawing a little picture at the diner on the, on the mat uh, and then gives it to this is, yeah, Emile Hirsch. This is, this is right before Matthew. her... Uh, all of her personality is like emptied out of her skull (laughs) (laughs) where she says what's the craziest thing you've done lately yeah there's a lot of like uh throw forwards in this it's like just go with it and then he like later in the movie's like maybe i'll just go with it wink (laughs) to the camera and then like what's the craziest thing you've done I think I would. I think I would like the soundtrack more if I hadn't just watched the movie. Cause <laughs> there's something like so contrived about it, and also a lot of um, there's a lot of dialogue that plays like an '80s teen movie where yeah. you're like, 
cringy stuff where it's like, wait, this is like 2004 and like yeah. people were still writing this into scripts. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it's something that could have taken place in the 80s. I mean, they're using like VHS tapes too. And you're like, it's, it's 2004. Like, I don't know if anyone's buying or like recording anything on, two, on a VHS. That AV closet is, has some problems. Yeah. Paul, yeah. Da- Paul Dano's in it and he yeah. has like a, like a Prince Valiant haircut. He has like He-Man's haircut. Yeah, yeah. He looks like uh, Lord Farquaad. <laughs> Guys, I have some good news on track four. Oh, yeah. uh, Paul Hasslinger is back. Oh, yeah. Paul. Already. Oh. Welcome back, Paul. Welcome this back. is Paul Hasslinger with Peeping Matt. Very Nat Geo. Yeah, man. Thanks, Paul. May or may not have been an essential piece of Tangerine Dream. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> that, was like go. a, that was like a... Go uh, make your movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they talk. That was like an eight track that they were like, oh, we never use this. So I just put, yeah, put that one in there. <laughs> well, there, there's definitely like a flavor of like uh, taking Molly... Like '90s Molly music. That's it's like a little bit after the Tangerine Dream oeuvre, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. underworld type of. Um, <laughs> is that what's playing when he's like uh, leering at the his yeah. neighbor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's leering. Oh, oh, yeah. That's when she's. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the peeping tom sort of scene, or she's undressing in front of like massive bay windows. <laughs> But it's also, like, you can tell how, like, romanticized it is from the male point of view, where that's the music playing when he's, like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's pretty insane. Did you guys notice uh, Olivia Wilde pop up in this movie? I saw she was... I I have trouble identifying Olivia Wilde, but who is she? It's a a common uh, (laughs) problem. Um, Who was she in the movie? In this movie, she was one of... when Timothy Oliphant's at school and he's like chatting up the high school girls, there's like three of them. Yeah, she's, she's one of the. She's one of them. Okay, because she's she's like highly billed on the uh, Wikipedia. Oh, is she? Yeah, I guess I just because of like. No I think on IMDb or... she was not even credited. Okay, I saw it on the Wikipedia and I was like, Olivia Wilde's in this, and then like I was like, hey, <laughs> I had to like, rewind it because I. Uh, she just directed. Um, what is the movie that just came out that she directed? It's supposed to be really good. Oh, um, it's the um, the kids. Yeah, uh, yeah. Booksmart. Booksmart. Which has some elements of like this in it. I think Booksmart is supposed to be like a good version of this. <laughs> well, there's it's that, like a good girl next door. <laughs> Get out of my office. There's that element of like at the beginning of Booksmart and this. It's like, what are we going to remember when we graduate high school? And then it's like, then you get to Emil Hirsch's character, Matthew, and he's like, nothing. <laughs> like, I just like wasted high school and I'm, you know, class president and I'm going to Georgetown yeah, and like... <laughs> I blew it, man. You know, and then like it's the same thing in Booksmart. It's like I'm going to Harvard and like or Yale or whatever, and it's like, what, what do I have to show for it? And you're like, you come on, you're going to an Ivy League school. Like, calm down. Maybe Olivia was on set making notes, like, ah, oh, this garbage movie. If I was making this movie, I'd do it right. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Pretty insane. Just peeking ahead at track five here, uh, making their first and probably last appearance on track listing. Ooh, this calling is calling a shot. <laughs> Porno Sonic with Dick Dagger's theme. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, so the B-sides are pretty good. Hi, this is Ron Jeremy. You're listening to Porno Sonic. Mm-hmm. 
You may remember this uh, in the scene where Matthew is imagining Daniel uh, performing uh, sexual acts on his parents. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is a couple episodes ago, I was talking about Patrick Cowley. Uh, there was a couple newly released records of, of music that he had done that had appeared in uh, gay porn films. Yeah. And I was talking about how good that music is. This is so bad. And this is, it's billed on the cover as like music from 70s, and it's not. Right. No. It, it's all like new music. Anachronistic, kind it's of just, parody. It's just trying to sound like 70s porn music. And, oh, God, it's embarrassing. Uh, and they yeah paid two albums out yeah it's yeah. It was some project of like a documentary filmmaker yeah uh, i mean you'd think a project that attaches ron jeremy to it would have <laughs> some just... class and would like be something decent to listen to oh. uh, <laughs> grossest human being on the planet oh, i hate that guy so much okay <laughs> sucks i mean i'm sure he's nice but god yeah. that sucks uh, no, see, I, I think that's the thing. I don't think he is. I think he's just scummy. Oh, you think he's scummy? I think he, well, yeah. Well, he famously is, he's inserted himself in the comedy world, right? Or has for a long time. A little bit, yeah. Um, he's just around. I think he's just, like, skulking around L.A. And, like, <laughs> you know, he was on The Surreal Life or something. Oh, he's yeah. Just, oh, he was, like, really name-droppy on that show. He's like, oh, yeah, I was hanging out with... Um, you know, Jim Belushi and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Craig T. Nelson. And we were just <laughs> like terrible, like side <laughs> like, B-list celebrities. Oh, man. <laughs> Guys, things are looking up here for track six. This is so. uh, another band making their first appearance here. This is Monster Magnet with Dopes to Infinity. No, <laughs> I always hear them like uh, Chris looks visibly upset. <laughs> I always hear them referred to as being like stoner rock. Um, this is a band I never really listened to. I always kind of lumped them in with like Power Man Five Thousand, kind of like yeah. strip club rock. Yeah, yeah. very Pantera. -y. Well, uh, they're like they're not like new, they're not yeah. like bad new metal. They're just like kind of uninteresting alternative rock. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I kind of like. Um, famously, in a way, they had a song called Negasonic Teenage Warhead, which um, was the, the name of an X-Men character, of an X -Men character yeah. like a one-off in the comic that turned into a character in the Deadpool movies. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. that's all I got. So there's that. <laughs> uh, yeah, was that uh, the song playing in the strip club, or when they go to Vegas? or That was the song playing, yeah, when okay. they walk into the strip club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. It's apropos for the movie, but you know, I'm not going to listen to Monster Magnet walking around. <laughs> it's kind of it reminds me a little bit of the um the movie that came out recently, the Suicide Squad movie yeah. that DC mm -hmm. did. Mhm. Mm um, I think they made a movie and then this company put out a trailer that had like a queen plane. And it was like this really well put together trailer and everybody got pumped up. Yeah. And uh, DC or Warner Brothers realized that they're like, oh shit, like the movie is not like this trailer and everybody loves the trailer. Yeah. So they just like spend a bunch of money. And if you watch the movie, every time it's like a new scene, there's a new pop song that suits every scene and it just like changes and it's 
so distracting and terrible oh, man but this when i was watching this movie it sound it's like a little bit like that every time they walk into a new room it's like a new song yeah yeah and i don't i don't know how they had the money for this shit <laughs> no idea and it, like, like, the, uh, the budget was 24 million okay was it? and it made like 34 million or right. something like that so mm, it was like yeah. under pressure is in the movie yeah uh, uh bob o'reilly is like the last scene harry nielsen well, that uh, made it to the soundtrack. Made it to the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I mean, that's oh, not shit. a. Uh, I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd, um, the, the Neptune side project. Yeah. Uh, lap dance. Lap dance. Yeah. Yeah. Music licensing for this movie. Not cheap. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Wait a bit. Well, I, I would say, like, aside from maybe Timothy Oliphant was, like, a decent star at the time because mm-hmm. of, like, Deadwood and. I mean, but not really. You know, well, but there weren't this, so is many, be, this is before Deadwood, isn't it? 2004? Maybe not. I don't know. I could, yeah. Oliphant is the highlight of this film. He's great. He's, he's great. So, he's so good. He's yeah. Sleazebag, man. I love it. It's, it'd be such a fun character to play. Yeah. The, um, hair, the hair is pretty intense, but yeah, the, yeah, the character is yeah. good. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, Cuthbert's pretty new. She's, um, She's coming off at 24. Mm-hmm. And then Emile Hirsch is, like, relatively new as well. This is before he did, like, Z-Town. and This is before Love Actually? Was he in Love Actually? No, uh, Cuthbert. Oh, I don't remember her in that. I don't remember her in Love, actually. The, uh, towards the end of the film? Oh. The British guy at the bar? Uh, oh, is it, well, I mean, that's like a small yeah, very small. Yeah. <laughs> this is definitely Paul, the first time I think I saw Paul Dano. Yeah. 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 First uh, Paul. Paul. First Paul. Uh, we got our third Paul coming up here at track number seven. <laughs> nice. This transition. is our third Paul Hasslinger. This oh, is uh, Paul Hasslinger with Carpe Beachum. <laughs> I'm sitting in like a theater and like river dance is about to begin. I feel like it's that. But it just like, never starts. That's like that indie trailer that's like Matthew sees the world differently. Yeah, <laughs> this like, shows him like, you know, building an erector set or something like that. And you're like, oh, he's like a genius, but like, he's a nerd. Yeah, yeah that does kind of sound like when the single dad comes out of the coma and starts skipping down the street type of music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead, it's like uh, inspiring high school seniors thinking about skipping class and coming to the beach. <laughs> Sometimes what we need the most is just around the corner. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Thanks, Paul, again for for all your work on this film. Uh, Let's dive into track number eight. This is Fantastic Plastic Machine with Electric Ladyland. I think that's uh, like just some random scene in the movie, some background music or something. Is, is that his like triumphant return to school after he's like hooked up with uh, Elijah Cuthbert for the first oh, time? Like walking down the hallway. Yeah, I feel like that's what's yeah. happening. So, that, so I couldn't find it. It's a notes. really weird track. Uh, yeah, I saw bizarre. that. So it's a Japanese um, DJ slash musician. This okay. is one of his projects, and uh, 
I saw that he contributed something to, I think, the second Austin Powers soundtrack. Which oh, seems by who shagged me. I think oh. that would be a much more apropos like, venue yeah. for this type of song. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, Electric, Electric Ladyland is the, the recording studio in the village that Jimi Hendrix built. Electric Lady. Electric yeah. Lady Studios. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And uh, I feel like this is a very literal take on that <laughs> phrase. Yeah, he built that <laughs> studio. He only got to use that studio for like 10 weeks before he uh, passed away. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sad. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of great music's been recorded there. Oh, yeah, a ton. Uh, I know somebody that was able to tour the studio, and apparently there's an underground stream that they couldn't get rid of. It's so part of the uh, that Mineta, uh, the water thing yeah. that goes underground in the city. There's just like a so there's just an open there's just open water in the studio, which I'm sure is great for the electronics. Yeah, and great for the sound too. You know? yeah. Just a babbling brook at all times. <laughs> just, <laughs> insane! It's insane to have in New York City. Why have they have that? Let's keep the studio uh, here. LCD like recently released a. Um, they, they called it like the Electric Lady Sessions, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of it's not really a live record, but it's there. It's like songs, uh, pre release songs of theirs, and also covers that they're just like. There's like a sheet cover in there yeah. that's really great. I don't know if they're if they're supposedly done in like a take, a single take or something, but it's pretty good. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it was. Yeah. yeah, it's really awesome. Great studio. Great studio. Great river. I'm a big fan of. <laughs> Underground river music. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> I think uh, I heard a rumor that Caleb might have a new game segment for us after the break. Oh, I do. Ooh, I'm excited about this game. I am too. Yeah. I've been working on this game for a while. Hope you, hope you guys like it. Shall we take a break and come back with a game? Yeah, Sounds let's take great. a little bit of a break. See you all soon. Wee-wee. Thanks again for listening to the Tracklisting Podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review. If you want to reach out to us, we've got plenty of channels to do that. Yeah, you can get a hold of us on the Instagram account. That is at Tracklisting Podcast. Or just through our email account. Tracklistingpodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, uh, why don't you tell some of your friends that you think might like it as well? If there's a soundtrack that we haven't done that you'd love to hear, please send it our way. Yeah, if you want to grab a drink or something, I'm usually around, so... Yeah, it's pretty available. Chris, you want to say your phone number? Yeah, it's uh, ba 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 ba. But, uh, <laughs> I DM me for the uh, physical address of the studio. You can always come by. We're always looking for an audience, and we do have a Spotify playlist. Oh yeah, check out the Spotify playlist. The official track listing playlist. Tell your friends, word of mouth. Let's get it going. This was a great voiceover. Bye. Okay. <laughs> We are back with The Girl Next Door. Hey, welcome <laughs> Actually, back. we're back with a game. Uh, oh. Before we get into the soundtrack, I do have a game for you, a game I'm pretty excited about. It's a, it's a new game I call Vocal Fry. Yeah, Woo! new game sound. <laughs> so, uh, you don't, if you don't know us, uh, we're all a big fan of, uh, of isolated vocals. Uh, Huge fans. <laughs> vocal stems, acapellas, vocal whatever you got. Yeah. Send it over. So, uh, what I've done, I've, I've isolated a few uh, vocal clips. And you guys are going to try to identify what song they're from. Okay. In uh, four rounds. And uh, I'm hoping that you get them all right. I have a bunch of clues uh, to help you along if you guys don't recognize it immediately. Okay. Uh, they, should, they should go from easy to hard. So uh, okay. well. to begin with, you guys should do fine. Um, let's hear the first clip. This clue for round one. Round one clue. Vocal fry. Yeah. 
I did never really heard the, <laughs> the scatting uh, on sympathy for, for the, the devil. devil. Oh, guys, sounds like you guys might be onto a yeah. yeah. answer already. Let's just hear that one more time, yeah. just for the yeah, fun just, of it. This might this might jog your memory to hear it a second time. Great vocalist. Yeah. The, the background vocals included kind of ruins it, but I, I loved I loved his little riff. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> bop, bop. All right, well, you guys don't need any clues. Let's let's hear the yeah. answer to round one. All right, here we go. Me damn sure the pilot washed his hands and sealed his face. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to round two. Round two, baby. Okay, right, so far I'm so ready. good. Yeah, yeah. Job, one for man. one. We said it in unison. Nice. Okay, let's hear let's hear the round two clue and see if you guys are are as confident. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Round two clue. Right, I think I got it. I think I got yeah, it. Yeah, I I know that I know that screech. That is. So this was released in 1992. 1992. Yeah. Can I hear? Can I hear it one more time? Of, I'm gonna have to decide between the track. Maybe you can help me with that. But I know the band. Okay. Here's the clue again. So this was recorded at uh, London Bridge Studios in Seattle. Maybe yeah, that helps yeah. Chris out a little okay, bit. Okay. Is that a the Pearl Jam. Yes, that is Eddie Vedder. You yeah. guys might. Oh, okay. you guys recognize and Eddie Vedder's thi- voice. I think that is him riffing on uh, on a Jerry? live. Let's hear. Let's hear it again. <laughs> if it didn't scare you, listeners, enough, somebody's gonna crash their it's, car. It's one of those songs from Ten. It's either Alive yeah. or uh, Even Flow. Okay. No. I think it's even flow. Right, uh, I think it's the end of like Jeremy. This, Jeremy, this, this song was I'm inspired guessing. by real events. I think Jeremy. I'm sticking with Jeremy. Jeremy spoken. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where. <laughs> All right, let's hear the answer. Hopefully, this one's queued up to the right point. Okay. I might have screwed up the. I might have screwed up the cues. <laughs> there we go. This is the answer for round two. Nice uh, alley oop there, Chris. Yeah, good great. work, man. Great. Yeah, awesome. teamwork. Yeah. Teamwork. Right, it's getting a little harder. Yeah, yeah. I know my better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to round three. Let's hear the clue. All right, here we go. Round three. Yeah! 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 <laughs> <laughs> that is, of course, the vocal stylings. Uh, I don't know. I mean, one more time. Yeah, let's yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a chance. Give me a give me a fighting yeah, chance. Yeah. Is Prince, right? <laughs> I don't think so. I wanna, it sounded for a second Michael Jackson-y. But. It, it did for a second. I think that that's uh, our good old friend Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. <laughs> Might be Steven Tyler. Uh, <laughs> Might be Steven Tyler. Do, do you know what song it is? Uh, can we get hit it one more time? Let's hear it again. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I will say that this, this song was not written by the band. Okay. 
Mm. If, you guys, um, if you guys are having a I tough time, the, it might help to hear this. Hear the. I mean, it could be living on the edge. <laughs> is it? Uh, yeah! 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 All right, we're not. Janie's got a gun. <laughs> no matter what happens, we're not playing that again. Not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> not written by the band. Yeah, not written by the band. Um, is it? Uh, what's the one they did with? Run DMC. Walk This Way. Walk This I Way. I think that's an original Aerosmith song. And then they yeah, I feel like recorded it, it with, with Run DMC. Run DMC. Yeah. Um, See, Chris's pride is getting the better of him. He thinks he doesn't need to hear the track again, but I think he might need to hear it. Just one clue. more time yeah. to nail down this track here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hit that high C all night. <laughs> what song are they known for that they didn't write? What are they not writing? Uh, we, we, we might come across this track on this show. Uh, we we have in the past. No, but we might in the future. Okay, I I thought dude looks like a lady for a hot second there. Um, for I don't know, but I don't even know. Shut up and dance. <laughs> shut up and dance. I might right. shut up and dance. Yeah, Could yeah. I'll, I'll stick with dude looks like a lady. All for right, some reason. I feel like that the, might not. The answer. All right, this is, is round, three. round three. Of course. Big soundtrack. Yeah. Even bigger mistake. <laughs> yeah, they should have just, just let that asteroid just hit, man. Yeah, it's over, man. Yeah. All right, we got one Sorry, more round. One more round. Your guys' confidence well is shaking. You guys are looking yeah. a little jittery now. So let's hear the clue for round four. Save Bruce. All right, round four. Here we go. I absolutely know uh, the uh, the band and the song. Okay, so, uh, let, me, let me get that one yeah, more yeah. time. <laughs> so this is a British band. This is their biggest hit. I also didn't realize everyone sucks at singing. <laughs> like, um, all these like people that are supposed to be really good uh, without any of the uh, music sound really bad. <laughs> well, there's a reason I didn't pull any like Freddie Mercury clips. Mm-hmm. They sound great. Uh, I don't know if I can get this one. Maybe a hint or so. So this is a band that's metal in more than one way. Okay. No, that's a good hint. Uh, let me just yeah. get that one Let's more time. Let's hear one more time. Here. Uh, round four. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, fuck. So this song is about the genocide of the North American indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Which is like, I know kind of a broad genre. <laughs> One last time? Yeah, just 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 in case. Close, but uh, Chris, what do you right, got? Chris. What do you it go? is Iron Maiden. Run to the hills. Let's see. Let's okay. hear the answer to round four. Here we go. Yeah. 
Oh, there we go. Good nice job, game. Guys. Vocal Fry. Oh, great. Vocal great game. Fry. Thank you for playing game, Vocal game, Fry. Game. That was awesome. Oh, man. Uh, wow. I feel I, a little fried out. I, I really think we burned off some listeners. <laughs> like People like throwing their headphones down like, ah, oh, what the, what was that? Lighting them on fire. Like not really paying attention to the podcast in the background. <laughs> hey, people, people love Iron Man. And I, I think I you're wrong. Right. No, it, it was a great game. No, I, I really enjoyed it. Very, very, very fun. All right, Nikki, back into the soundtrack. Getting back into the soundtrack, we are at track nine. This is Youth of Today with Break Down the Walls. Do you think do you think we lost more people during the game or during that track? I think it was right when that one started. Yeah. Like, you know what? Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> that is the track playing when uh, Danielle's agent is introduced, uh, Kelly. Ah, He's like the cool, nice. the cool yeah. agent. It's the Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. Uh, that I mean that band. It's like a part of the hardcore scene. I think they're out of Connecticut, but there was like a kind of northeast hardcore scene which i do not guys. care for yeah even black flag which i think is one of the the better versions of that i'm not a big fan of and I'm i had like, some friends in high school that were really into this kind in of high school music. every like i know so many people that were really really into it but it, yeah. it's like a really like broy version of punk yeah mm-hmm. it's yeah. a version of punk where everybody's always arguing about what kind of punk they are <laughs> It's like so. Yeah, it's, like, it's like, yeah, I don't drink. It's like I drink, but I don't do this. And it's like, well, I do that, but I don't drink. And it's just like, Jesus Christ! Like, can't you see the real battles out there? <laughs> Not at the DIY venue, man. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I do not. This care guy this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. over. Yeah. That's thrash punk. This is, this is skater punk. Get out of here, man. We don't take kindly to your tax. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about that. I don't like that group. <laughs> Youth of today. Youth of today. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for all your efforts. We appreciate it. Um, looking at track 10 here, very exciting news. Uh, making maybe a second or third appearance on the podcast, uh, Harry Nielsen. Yeah. I think second. I think this is Harry Nielsen's second pod. Oh, no, he's been recommended. This is yeah, the third time. That's what I was going to yeah, say. There we go. This is Jump Into the Fire. Harry's so great. Yeah. I I love Harry Nielsen, and that's my favorite Harry Nielsen song. Yeah, that's a great song. It immediately reminded me of the uh, like towards the end of Goodfellas. Well, that's I was gonna say it's been on a lot of soundtracks. Yeah, I think think Scorsese has put it on two or three different soundtracks. (laughs) It's just in every one of his movies. (laughs) Every trailer, it works great. Yeah, it's Um, it's so good. I think he's also having a bit of a moment uh, because in this in the show uh, Russian Doll. 
they use his uh, oh, like yeah. gotta oh, get yeah. up, gotta, gotta get, get up. Get up. Uh, so I think it attracted some new uh, listeners to that's true. Which then that's like from the same album as this. Mm-hmm. The same with yeah, uh, yeah. it's Nielsen Schmielsen. Schmielsen. Where he's in that uh, <laughs> the bathroom. <laughs> much talked about bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Like, dude, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Get it, get some pants on, man. Come on, this is gonna be your legacy. <laughs> I always think of uh, so Nick, you always told me about um, when people were giving you like advertising briefs, it's either a Black Keys song or it's that for a long time was that M83 song, right? And it's like <laughs> they send it out, they're like, We want something like this, like, what's a song like this, or make a song like this, and mm-hmm. they just go through, and then eventually they just license the song that they wanted in the first place. The Tim track, they finally, yeah, they just, after they've like, wasted oh, we, all yeah. the money. God. And I feel like uh, that has to be Scorsese's process, where he's like, well, while we're editing, I'm just going to put in that <laughs> Smielsen song again. And then it just like, after a while, you're like, yeah. It's, it's the it's problem good. with using tint music, you yeah. know? It's yeah. just like you get so attached to it in the process that anything else, you, you hire someone to write <laughs> to get clo- close enough to not get sued. Yeah. You know, but then, but then the Black Keys still might sue you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, it's, uh, it's thin ice with that blues yeah. music. <laughs> There's a uh, there's a great YouTube like breakdown about like why temp music is like the worst thing for uh, soundtracks, and you know it's like 20 minutes of like uh, all these composers that are told to like make music that sounds like this, you know, because they put the temp track in there and like to do something that's like Ennio Morricone or whatever. I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> like is that what you want? Because I'm you know because they keep like not exactly what we're looking for, and they just guide you to make a complete ripoff, and so you're like, well. It's not put in each Is that Seekeros? No, but it's close, though. <laughs> <laughs> that scene, uh, that was during the scene where she makes him strip in front of the car. Oh, and, yeah. And then she drives off with his... He was so quick to take that underwear oh, off. He's naked like, in the street. Dignity. Dude, that's another... <laughs> The fact that I, it's like I think of Goodfellas, right? You know, Goodfellas is one of the best movies and it has one of the best songs. And then some filmmakers like, "I'm gonna have my Goodfellas scene." <laughs> like, oh, come on, come on, man! I like I don't like to talk shit about filmmakers that much, but this guy is kind we're of in a hack. safe space here. You, this director is a bit of a hack. What is, he did recently did the we're, we're going to be police or we're going to be let's, cops. Let's be cops. Let's be cops. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was like a, <laughs> it's a rare thing that you stinky. read about. Oh, stinky. <laughs> it was like a low budget movie that bombed. Yeah, yeah. You like read about how this like little movie just didn't do anything. Yeah. So sad. I guess yeah. his, his top movie, maybe he produced role models or something. Yeah. And was, like, even that's like, there's some funny scenes because it's like Paul Rudd and yeah, like, yeah. uh, you know, the guy that's uh, Stifler or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not great. It's not great. Anyway. I think that one was directed Sean by William David Scott. Wayne, right? Or one of the guys from the state. It, it was David Wayne who directed it, but I, yeah. I, he somehow this guy somehow involved with that movie. I'm pretty sure. Sean William Scott. I saw him at a sushi Sean restaurant. William Scott. You saw him at what? A sushi restaurant. Dude, lucky. <laughs> That's so cool. And I told some friends about it. What do you have? <laughs> one of my friends was like, Sean William, nobody cares. <laughs> Like everyone's seen that guy in New York. I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> Pretty awesome. What up, Stifler? <laughs> Here's uh, track eleven for you. This is the Sneaker Pimps with Spin Spin Sugar Radio Edit. Here you go, Caleb.
That of course is dedicated to Caleb. <laughs> I think that we've we've we constantly discuss the scale of trip hop. The I th- hierarchy. I think we've exhausted the sneaker pimps. Yeah, I think I the, the sneaker pimps are They're like everywhere. one or two rungs from the bottom. They're like yeah. the and there, this is this there's is, one good song that they made, and the rest is very confusing. I think this is off of the same. This was off of their first uh, album as well, yeah. and was kind of their second biggest hit. Um, but it's still, yeah, I don't know. Trip hop. This was uh, in the strip club scene. Oh, okay, where Kelly Timothy Oliphant's character takes Matt out on the town, and then they run into uh, Matthew's family friend at the strip club. Yeah. <laughs> oh like, yeah, Mr. Up? Peterson. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it was a funny scene, but also the idea of like seeing an adult man at a strip club being like some sort of scandalous. Like, like I don't know. He's at a strip club. What do you want? I mean, if you were 18 and you saw like one of your dad's friends, I think I would be, I would probably weird it out. Yeah. I'd probably duck out. Yeah. Yeah. But you wouldn't stick around for the, uh, for the buffet. (laughs) (laughs) Is there breakfast at midnight? (laughs) Stick around long enough. All the fans good, but this movie is bad, man. <laughs> it's real st- I thought, stinky. You know, I, <laughs> stinky. I thought it was, uh, you know, it's because the subject matter you're led to believe. You're like, girl next door, it's going to be this like, but then it's like uh, a little sweeter than you think it would be. It, it, I think that gained a lot of miles with me. You know what I mean? It gained a lot of mileage out of being like, oh, well, it's actually kind of a sweet movie. And uh, I feel like that's why I was somewhat of a... But it, it, so it's kind it. of this thing where he simultaneously rescues and quote unquote rescues this girl from the war the world of porn, mm-hmm. uh, and then he also ends up making his own kind of softcore porn, which he makes a ton of money off of when yeah. he go go to college. Yeah, exploiting other girls who he doesn't care are doing porn. I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, it was, <laughs> and his friend, and yeah, yeah. his friend is he yeah. cares about him. Man. There was never any discussion, and like everybody, every other porn star behind them, besides the main character, is played off. It's like a one note joke that they're. I think they actually are, are real porn stars. Oh jeez. And there's never any discussion about like, do they need to be rescued? Yeah. What about their lives? Yeah. I, the whole thing is just. That kind of leads perfect into track 12. All right. This is Methods of Mayhem with Get Naked. Doing the doggy style. Turn it off. Turn it off. (laughs) Let's shut it down, man. We've lost all listeners. Oh, God. I remember when this song came out. Yeah, the music video. I it was a big MTV big rotation. Thing. Really? Heavy rotation. So it was uh, right after the famous sex tape came out, uh, Tommy Lee and Pam- Pamela Anderson. Oh, that's right. And so he all of a sudden became a much bigger celebrity. You know, he was he was a drummer for Motley Crue, which yeah. hadn't done anything in like 10 years or something. <laughs> that's right. All of a sudden he was a huge star. And I think, I remember her being in the video, but I don't know if that's true, because I think they got divorced around the same time. Uh, but it was like he had this project, and it's what it has uh, Fred Durst, George Clinton, a uh, little Kim, Just a bunch like, of other people, and it's like what they real... call a uh, super group. 
<laughs> well, I, I'm just listening to people on that one track. I mean, the whole thing is the dregs of society. I think even man, man. Uh, who else can we Mix get? Master Mike was involved on the album. Yeah, I think I think Beastie that. Boys production. Uh, uh, was this the the music video with like the giant remote over his uh, yeah. over his giant package? <laughs> It's, it's just it's just the worst i mean the and gu- it's also the the new metal rap rock like revolution this yeah. is all that guitar stuff on that song is just so silly <laughs> you know when people talk about the death of disco they talk about the uh what was the frog disco duck disco duck the yeah. disco duck track yeah um this is like the disco duck track for new metal except for new metal nobody's ever going to talk about it because everybody knows it's terrible yeah but this yeah. is like the one where it's like this is the death now <laughs> This is them walking into the AVN convention. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. The new metal album uh, inspired by the sex tape. Yeah. I mean, this, like, has elements of, like, do you remember P.O.D., yeah. that band? How could I forget? Dude, I've been just listening to it this week, actually. Were you really? Yeah. It's, it's pretty... <laughs> Wait, uh, it, it was... It, talking about it at work, and uh, someone, someone said P.O.D., and it was like, oh, P.O.D., look, we gotta throw it on. <laughs> Like, do oh, we man. have to? It's so it's so bad. I, I it's had, the worst. I bought that CD. I bought the yeah. POD Life of the Party. Uh, like we rocked the party, rocked the party, whatever. <laughs> oh, it's a bummer. But uh, what's Tommy Lee up to these days? He's probably doing like a probably nice tour. Probably for like a reunion. Dirt. I think uh, Motley Crue like does things now. I think they're all kind of at the same point of like we're gonna do things. All at the same point of desperation for they need yeah, some I mean, money. Um, I know like Vince Neil. You know, he got super gross looking and like his whole deal was like he was yeah. not gross looking. That was his one thing he had to do was like like look you can you can sing, you got that like you can hit that high C all night. But um Well he had a reality show going. Didn't he have like the dating show on VH one or something? No, that was uh, another washed up rocker. Oh, God, uh, I cannot Brett, keep these people. Um, Brett like that was uh, Brett, Brett Michaels. Michaels. Yeah, yeah. Every, he was White Snake. Every rose has its thorn. These fucking people. Or was he poison? <laughs> <laughs> Paul Bufano! There's good news here with track, <laughs> track 13. This is Echo and the Bunny Men with The Killing Moon. Yeah. Fate up against your Thanks, Bunny Man. I'm a I'm an Echo and the Bunny Man stan. Oh, I fucking man. love them. That's a great song too. And this is like a lot of new wave groups. Um, the way that it usually went, they had like a couple. They had like an album that was interesting, and then they had their best album. And then they kind of got big, and when MTV became a thing, they came out with their hit song they were known for that was usually on a shitty album. But this album is really, really good. And albums they before and even after, I feel like everything they've done is really good. They're a little underrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're... Terrible name, I will say. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's what's Maybe what is way. going on with yeah. that band name. <laughs> it's like uh, one step above Toad the Wet Sprocket. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're famously in the Donnie Darko soundtrack, yeah, which I hope we do sometime. Which is like, oh, that'd be a good one. It yeah. fits in so, and that's another. It just, it's. I should love the soundtrack because I love a lot of the songs on here, but it just makes me angry because it's like, why is this song? I, like Caleb's, I watched the movie and I remember it coming up, but it doesn't fit the movie at all. Caleb's this is just, seeing her for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Right? I was gonna say you were just watching this movie and throwing stuff at the TV, going like, "You're a fraud! You're a fraud!" <laughs> It's just, there's no coherence. There's no like coherence in the style of music. There's just like 
they they licensed everything they threw it into random scenes and this uh yeah this is definitely the um the, he sees uh eliza cuthbert and it's the one of the classic slow motion um teen heartthrob <laughs> Uh, can't hardly wait. Can't kind of hardly shots. wait. Yeah, yeah, slow motion. She stopped. There the she world is. stops, and then like everything continues. <laughs> they did that so many times in the early two thousands. Oh, underrated. <laughs> oh man, also probably under. Oh no, I don't know if this is underrated. This is. <laughs> this, <laughs> I spoke too soon. This is Pepe Deluxe with Big Muff. strip club music some uh oh, yeah. it's like either, either porn convention or strip club like that's like <laughs> that's the, the new thing. game for the episode. i think if i remember right this is like the finnish uh big beat duo i actually kind of like this what's the, what's the name of the song again that's big muff, big muff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just checking yeah was, <laughs> so a couple guys from finland doing like a chemical brothers uh it's i guess break beat and kind yeah, of sample choppy stuff it's kind of cool later. Yeah, it's, it's like better than it should be. It's better than Methods of Mayhem. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It, work, it should work great on the soundtrack. I mean, the soundtrack should be a bunch of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like I like that track. It does remind me of like the earlier two thousands techno with, or like late nineties techno. Yeah, I guess it, it is a little bit late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, the Crystal Method stuff like that. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I think Big Beat was one. I mean, the genres back then were so goofy. Yeah. It was like jungle and Big Beat. One of my friends in seventh grade uh, invited me over to his house, and he gave me a copy of that Crystal Method CD. Yeah, like, I guess. Like it was something, yeah, yeah, like it was something really secretive. He was like, <laughs> don't tell me. I was like, come here, come here, come here, come here. I want you to take this. I want you to listen to it. I was like, okay. I went home, and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> It's like featured heavily in the uh, Need for Speed. Yeah, 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 man. I mean, I, I'm, it's a job. I'm not gonna lie and say I didn't listen to that album a lot, that Crystal Method album. But it does like, not hold up. There was a great no. um, CD. I think it was a, a, a two-part CD that I would steal from my brother all the time, and it was called Digital Empire, and it was like a collection of all like, mm. uh, I mean, Chemical Brothers, Crystal Method, and a bunch of other. <laughs> similar bands that i can't remember them right now thievery uh, corporation Prod- prodigy was on there yeah, and like okay. um yeah pre this is pre thievery this was like 90s pre thievery yeah pre thieve <laughs> are we ready for track 15 i think so <laughs> have we thing. have we turned into a democracy <laughs> yeah everyone okay everyone yeah. feeling good yeah. thumbs uh, that's, down that's a no from me for track 15 <laughs> no what what track is this this is josh roos with sparrows over birmingham hmm hmm yeah. Fell down on both knees You were young Bones still soft Legs fell numb Oh, how those sparrows Sang for you So you grew up 
Isolated pop. Chris, wake up. Oh, oh hey, sorry, what's up, guys? Uh, How's it going, buddy? <laughs> I hadn't heard I hadn't heard this artist until now, and actually, I'm surprised that I, I kind of like it. I don't dislike it at all. It's not bad. Okay. Um, nice little breath of fresh air on yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Elliot Smithy, Nick Drake. Maybe. Well, Elliot Smith is in the movie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> One of the songs from the uh, uh, from the. Uh, Oh shit! The the famous Matt Damon movie with the Elliot Smith soundtrack. Famous Matt Damon movie. Rounders. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> no, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the one of the songs that was written for Goodwill Hunting appears on this soundtrack, which is <laughs> oh okay. Again, like this, yeah, uh, it, it is got yeah. some problems. <laughs> it's just a ripoff. It's a ripoff of all the other yeah, good soundtracks. Just, yeah. But but that makes it a good soundtrack. I mean, there's some, like, <laughs> well, I was. I mean, it didn't end up on the actual official soundtrack, so we don't have to talk about Elliot Smith. But do you uh, know what part of the movie this is? Uh, this Nick, is playing. Uh, what is going on in this scene? Matthew notices the lipstick mark uh, from Danielle and decides not to oh, yeah, yeah. appear in the porno. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the yeah. She kisses his hand during the the dance, and he uh, and then he kind of like rethinks his life, I guess. Which doesn't make any sense because it turns out <laughs> not to be a porno. Yeah. And so, what was the? Because you think he's like decides that he's going to he doesn't want to sleep with somebody else, but then it turns out to be a scene where somebody just puts a condom on a person. Yeah, I mean, I think he's like, I must not be unsullied, and neither shall see, <laughs> shall see. <laughs> neither uh, she shouldn't be either. I don't know. I mean, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what's going on in this the fucking lo- screenwriter's head. The logic does not stand the test of time for sure. Um, Maybe he saw the the girl he loves. He saw her lip prints, and he remembered how she was in a porn, and he's never going to be able to forget that. So he's like, "I'm never going to be in a porn." <laughs> no, I thought this was a perfect movie. Was it? Am I, I guess I'm out here in my own. <laughs> Streaming on HBO Go, by the way, if yeah, anybody yeah. wants to yeah, okay. follow along. <laughs> this is track sixteen. This is uh, another Paul Hasslinger with Bank Meltdown. <laughs> we, we did a little bit of research on the fly and confirmed he was in Tangerine Dream for five years during a stretch where they put out 15 records. Like they made three albums a year for five years. <laughs> but did a Tangerine Dream's awesome. career uh, span from 1976 until today. So that's so they probably put out 250 records. Oh, I don't God. I don't have to. Can't imagine their archive around. <laughs> I don't have a calculator like, on me. What's five times? <laughs> well, like, I, I remember they were definitely one of the. Um, uh, albums I would look for in record stores, like in like the soundtrack sort of thing, um, in the soundtrack bin, and I would just keep pulling out more and more. And I'm like, what? <laughs> when does this? Like, it was like you know, like the clown handkerchief. You're just like, there's more. That's, I had yeah. the same experience at a Borders when I was in like uh, fifth grade. I decided um, I had been listening to Led Zeppelin for a while. I had seen that Grateful Dead logo. I thought it was like maybe a metal band yeah. by yeah, the yeah, way yeah. that the logo looked. Yeah. Uh, the name. Come to find it, it's not that at all. <laughs> it's like terrible, just like, uh, you know, thoughtless grooves. And, um, <laughs> but thoughtless. it was the same thing. I'm going through and it's just like so, so, many, so many CDs. Yeah. It's just nuts. The thing I've noticed about Tangerine Dream is that usually if a band has put out a ton of work, somebody will be able to tell you there's like the two 
you'll you'll even recognize you're like oh you know i've seen that cover somewhere tangerine dream it's i mean there's a few soundtracks i think maybe stick out but yeah no like they just they're all (laughs) they're all between like a three and a four i think yeah it's just a sea of tangerine dream (laughs) um I think, like, you know, there's a couple... Henry Mancini is sort of like that, too. I, I also looked for his stuff, because some of his stuff is amazing. But other, it's like, you know, Charlie's Angels B-side stuff. And you're like, ah. <laughs> like, put it on, it sounds really cheesy. And I don't know. There's just so much... It's difficult to jump into people with that big of an oeuvre. I think yeah. Frank Zappa is notoriously hard to, like... He, the guy has, like, 40 albums, you yeah. know? And you're like, where do I start? Do I start at the beginning? I feel like Tangerine Dream is dipping into, like, Sun Ra, like, jazz musician type, or it's like, oh, there's, like, 80 recordings, and if you ever see this one, and you're like, oh, is that's one of the best ones? It's like, no, but it's really rare. It's rare. Like, a lot of it's it not is good. just... It's like, no, I mean, not especially. A lot of it's just total garbage. <laughs> yeah, <but. laughs> Zappa has, like, one cool record. Hot Rats is good. Hot Rats is, Hot Rats is great, yeah. but, yeah. I'm going to get some flag for that from some people out there. <laughs> some Zappa heads, man. I, you know... Yeah, someone tried to, um, a good buddy of mine, James, was trying to tell me, like, look, it's not supposed to be good sometimes. <laughs> he was like, he was like intentional. cringe. He's like, he was uh, releasing, he was like, it was all for his orchestra stuff, but he was releasing crappy pop things to, like, make money. So put it that, and I was like, well, okay. All that crazy xylophone shit where they're, like, singing along with the xylophone and it's just a big train wreck. Yeah. Dude, his big hit was that Valley Girl song that he did with his daughter. Which is unlistenable. Yeah, yeah. It's don't, like, don't eat the yellow snow is a good track. <laughs> Strictly <laughs> commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into track seventeen. This is Ralph Myers and the Jack Heron Band with "Think Twice." I can't remember is this like a swedish norwegian duo something definitely scandinavian or yeah, yeah northern yeah. european <laughs> the uh, spelling on ralph myers yeah, there's a the myers is m-y-e-r-z <laughs> is there an umlaut over the a <laughs> under the z uh i i i i like this a lot more than i thought i would like i like this song yeah, yeah it's, it's cool I, I like that groove i don't know much about this band but um kind of reminds me of avalanches a little bit very uh sample heavy yeah. yeah. Some drum loops. Drum loops into like something more trying to make a song sound like it's a band, even though it's not. I like Right. That. Yeah. I like yeah, I like that aspect. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well uh, next track. This is track eighteen. This is oh boy. This is Leonard Skinnerd. There you go. <laughs> With you guessed it, Sweet Home Alabama. say that i was in guitar center a couple of weeks ago in union square and there were 
you know, there's different rooms. There's like the electric guitar area, the acoustic area, the bass. It was like there were three different people playing this song at different <laughs> times on different instruments, and I had to leave. Like, what, it was too what much. What's going on? Seriously. I, it's either that or Hotel California. That's all you're going to get out of there. It's not, I mean, it's an iconic song. It reminds me of, werewolves of, so werewolves of London, yeah. uh, which yeah. I also don't like. But, uh, oh, man, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I just Zevon? Like Zevon, dude. Zevon? You don't like Zevon? Uh, Warren? My my question: What the fuck is this song doing in this movie? Like, I think this song takes or the movie takes place in California in yeah. the, the early two thousands. There's like absolutely no. This is not fucking Days Insider of Confused. Secret, man, they'll this let you not, have if they like the movie, they'll let you have this track. <laughs> it's just Skinner loves this movie. This song on the soundtrack is a symptom to how fucking schizophrenic and like there's just no vision to the soundtrack at all. It, it was like, a wild card. Was this when uh, Timothy Olyphant is like making his getaway? Yeah, he's taking the money. He's taking the money. So we've heard the, from the, exchange the bank uh, breakdown, which, uh, spoiler alert, yeah. uh, for <laughs> everyone that's going to watch the movie that hasn't seen it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Tim of the Olafant, like uh, clears out uh, this bank account, which was for the foreign exchange student to come. And that was like, you know, Matthew Kidman's big, you know, thing he was doing. And then, uh, yeah, this is like, it shows him in the car and he's zooming on the highway, please. So I guess we're supposed to imagine that Timothy Oliphant's from, the character's from the South, I guess. I don't know. Yes. Uh, it's like highway cruising. They're like, and get a oh, highway cruising Oh, that's song. where yeah. he's from. There's the big reveal. He's going home. So, second mention of Birmingham. Uh, there was the other mm-hmm. band called Sparrows Over Birmingham. Or no, it's uh, by Josh Rouse, the song. Oh, the song. Sparrows yeah. Over Birmingham. Yeah. So. Um, anyway. We also have we haven't mentioned that James Remar pops up in this movie for no reason. Who's uh, he was in the Warriors? Oh yeah, Wait, he, who he, is he in this? He plays the older porn producer. Oh, who the, is a complete cartoon character? Hugo. He's like uh, he's got that great line. It's like you sh- you need to be with us. Uh, yeah, where the air is crisp, and he yeah. says it twice. <laughs> he says it twice. He, James Remar, I think he knows what movie he's in, and nobody else knows. He's like, this is a fucking cartoon, goofy ass fucking movie. It's also like when you get a chance to play like you know a greasy porn director, man. It, it would be so fun. You well, know? he's. I think he's. Uh, he's got a little bit of a checkered past in Hollywood. Yeah, he was. Um, I think he was originally cast. Uh, I want to say the original Terminator, he was supposed to be the lead in that, or maybe it was Alien. It was one of the Cameron films. Oh, wow. You know, it was probably Aliens. Okay. Because uh, I think he was cast and he showed up and he was like too strung out or drunk or just an asshole or something. So they they got Michael Bain. I think that's it. He got Michael Bain because he knew him from Terminator. He's like, like, I don't need this fucking James Remar. I know somebody looks like James Remar. (laughs) Wait, which, which guy was he in The Warriors? The main guy? No, he's the rapey one. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who like the, the he tries to pick up getting handcuffed? He tries to pick up the girl in Central Park, and yeah, he turns like, up the undercover cop. He was like the muscle in the Warriors, and he was in Sex in the City, and he was Dexter's father. Oh, in the show. oh yeah, Dexter. Dexter. There we go. Okay, yeah. okay. good job, yeah. Caleb. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Encyclopedia's trying. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what, what else you got? Um, yeah, the uh, yeah his character's pretty great in this. I, though. I, I should mean, say, by all accounts, he's turned his life around. I don't think he's the. Uh, <laughs> the loose cannon he was in the 80s yeah don't backpedal now man You're <laughs> guys i have big news we've arrived at the last track oh. track number 19 uh this is our last paul haslinger taking us out with the end
that point. <laughs> you should see your faces. We're all holding hands uh, for the listeners. <laughs> scoring the uh there's a touching end to the movie where the main character is driving a bmw at georgetown <laughs> yeah that's right that's warms right. your heart <laughs> a 325i with zero percent apr financing well i do love i mean i'm a big fan of georgetown my uh, girlfriend went there so uh <clears throat> you know um. <laughs> and that'll do it <laughs> But um, yeah, big fan good. of Georgetown. <laughs> yes. Well, no, I think that's my, our takeaway. Come what, on. What I was gonna say <laughs> is that, like, you know, Georgetown might now be it might now be like the screenwriters Harvard, in that, like, you know, like we can't. All these kids can't be going to Harvard. Like it, it seems to be played out. You know what I mean? It's like what, what's a, what's give me another Georgetown? Yeah, good. That's a great other school. <laughs> like that's the Harvard of the South. Yeah, Georgetown Harvard. is like. Um, my impression is that it's a really good school, but it's, if you were a screenwriter, it's not like if somebody really wanted to do good in the world, you wouldn't go to Georgetown. It's like closer to like Duke or something, where it's like a, his dream is to like just play some lacrosse and end up like clerking, on, clerking for a conservative judge or something. It's like, what? Changing the world. Dude. <laughs> no, I, I, but I will say, like, With his dirty I bet, money. <laughs> I bet in the original script it was Harvard. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's like, ah, what's another good school? Uh, Stanford? No. <laughs> like, he's got to go further. <laughs> so. All right, guys, we're going to have to rate this sucker. Rady, Rady, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. I'll okay. rate this guy. Okay. Uh, we are giving ratings on a scale of 1 to 15, 0 to 15 stars. Yeah. A decimal point included. Decimal, decimal, decimal stars included. We want to be specific. Uh, I would give this soundtrack a 8.7. Some of the songs in the movie are great, and some are awful. And the scory music in between, you know, that's kind of whatever. I don't. I feel like it was kind of an odd choice to pepper those in throughout <laughs> yeah. the soundtrack. That yeah. could have just yeah. uh, not been heard ever. <laughs> Didn't even have to be put out on its own album. But, um, you know, uh, if they had taken out those Hasslinger tracks, you know, they probably would have lost six songs. So it would have been maybe a 13 song, you know, 13 track soundtrack, which would have been fine. Um, so, yeah. Uh, a mildly positive review. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And the songs that I do like from the soundtrack are songs that I love. I know. And that's... the songs that I don't like are ones that I really don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a complicated soundtrack and an even more complicated movie. Yeah, I don't. Chris, do you want you have <laughs> a look like complicated you is the right word for it? Well, oh, problematic. Problematic. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Um, now, now it's semantics. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I came away from this movie going like, yeah, fine. That's fine. You know, better than American Pie, probably. Maybe. Uh, no, you know what? Never mind. I take that back. Excuse me. Edit that part out. Um, <laughs> I got it. And cut. Uh, Chris, how do you, how did you feel about the soundtrack? What's your <laughs> um i'm gonna go a little bit lower um mainly because there is some great music in the movie uh that was not used on the soundtrack and when i say great there's like amazing songs in the movie you've got under pressure uh you've got led zeppelin in there you've got what's going on you've got oh, freedom yeah. lady marmalade yeah. bad to the bone for some people uh <laughs> 
Bob, Bob O'Reilly. Bob O'Reilly. Um, for everyone. For everyone. Uh, and, like, I'm probably missing one or two, but there's some, like... Yeah. I remember hearing, like, the intro. I was like, this is going to be great. Like, it got under pressure, like, opening the movie and, like, you yeah, know, Bob O'Reilly's, like, closing prominent. out the Both film. Both prominent in the film. And then... They're nowhere to be. Like, if you bought the soundtrack, you'd be like, "Where's my, where's my Baba? Where's my, where's, <laughs> where's my Baba? Where's my Baba? No." So I'm gonna give it a seven. Uh, okay. A seven flat. That's higher than the half baked rating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. not hard to. I can't make sense. I can't make sense of the soundtrack level. at all because if I had carried on my tradition of not getting around to revisiting this movie, I would probably like the soundtrack a lot more. Yeah. Because the actual songs on this soundtrack, there's like a, there's probably five or six songs that I legitimately love. There's probably four songs that I hadn't heard before and thought were like pretty okay. And there's only, I mean, I don't really ding the score because they, they're like kind of a uh, little bit bad tangerine dream, which makes them fine. Mm-hmm. There's only a few songs that I found offensive. I don't think there were any, maybe there wasn't even a cover on this album. There wasn't any that. Uh, trademark terrible cover that pops up on every soundtrack. But this fucking, it just, the soundtrack doesn't make any sense with the movie. There's no coherence. There's no vision. And I don't know, I don't know if we're supposed to be soundtrack, like, are we reviewing the soundtrack? Are we reviewing the... Songs. Wait, are you asking what is our what is this podcast about? Yeah, <laughs> this is the first one. We're reviewing the soundtrack. It's made me question everything that we're doing. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because <laughs> if you were going song by song, it should be a much better soundtrack than it felt like. But yeah. it was so frustrating. Yeah, um, it's a doozy. I'll probably I'll give it like a nine point eight oh, because uh, there's so many great songs on here that yeah. that I would actually that I do listen to regularly that I would and then some other songs that I'm kind of happy to and I mean I mean methods of mayhem hey. monster magnet <laughs> I know what you're listening to on monster the way magnet home. wasn't wasn't nearly as bad as a lot of the shit that comes up on this soundtrack uh, porno sonic yeah okay yeah I forgot about that oh, one electric yeah. ladyland uh, yeah, that was yeah. a little weird. <laughs> Maybe the problem is that the soundtrack was too long. I forgot forgot by the end of it whether it was good or bad. (laughs) Sweet Home Alabama, I just kind of, it didn't add or take away. I was just, it's just always the same when I hear that song. It's just like, yeah, zero. I mean, (laughs) on a different soundtrack, it would be a great addition. No nutrients in that song. Yeah, no plus or minus. If Sweet Home Alabama, which is a song that. If it was on a soundtrack with a bunch of music from the 70s or something, then it would be like another great 70s. But you're like, what the fuck? Like, like yeah, Skinner. It seems out of place. Everyone always likes to tell, like, oh, they're calling it Neil Young in that verse. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, I, don't. <laughs> I just don't care. Echo and the Bunny Man. That's one of my favorite songs, and it just uh, it, it just irks, it didn't do anything. It just irks it. me that it's on this <laughs> soundtrack at all. Uh, Thunderclap Newman. I kind of yeah, forgot that he was on. That's there. a great song. Yeah, that they were on there. <laughs> Another song that doesn't belong in a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. Look, I'm. It's they're great songs. I just don't care. That and I feel like here. both of you. It's been so long. You've forgotten about that filter song, which I think you both loved. <laughs> when that came out, I did have that on mini disc. Yeah, oh, yeah. I had it on my Winamp playlist Fantastic. for sure. Yeah, I don't like it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah I wanna. Okay, All not right. bad. Not yeah, bad. Okay, n- nice pick, Nick. That was uh, fun to explore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you next week, Chris. Thanks so much. All right. Well, in honor of the girl next door, we are adding a track to the track listing Spotify playlist, which is up, up on and running, Spotify. is live. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. We'll do it live. It's we'll do it live. Search for Christopher Darden. So we are adding yes. our favorite girl song. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikki, why don't you lead off? All right, for girls song, uh, I have got Drunk Girls by LCD Sound System. Mm. Let's get a little yeah, taste I of thought that. about that. Songs with girl in the title, by the way. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Great track, uh, Harry Nilsson being a big influence, as I'm sure you can hear in LCD. Well, this track specifically, I feel like is cribbing "White Light, White Heat" by Velvet Underground. Oh, that yeah. is, that's absolutely right. But making it, uh, I feel dancier. Yeah, Ride it's like a party. Friday. And this, the video is really good with all the people dressed as pandas bullying the band. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> really fun track. I've I always recommend it. That was one of the first LCD songs I heard back in the day. Wow. Oh. Uh, all right, what do you got, Caleb? Uh, for my song, I actually picked a cover. So this mm. is uh, The Girl from the North Country. This is a Dylan song, which he actually is on two of his records, because I think it was uh, it was on one of his earlier albums, and then he did another version on Nashville Skyline as a duet with Johnny Cash. And so uh, my pick is actually from 1970 as a cover uh, from Joe Cocker's Mad Dogs and Englishmen. Nice. With uh, is it? I'll look up who the who the duet is with. But uh, let's hear that. There we go. Yeah, that's uh, Leon Russell is the the inferior voice. <laughs> I love Joe Cocker's voice. That's I think good. People, uh, people in our so generation it, yeah. uh, definitely associate Joe Cocker with the Wonder Years, mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. cover of the Beatles song. That yeah, was the intro. Uh, I think he's a little bit forgotten in the same. I mean, I think that Van Morrison and Joe Cocker, I kind of lump in together as some like really great voices. That, uh, but this is a this is off of a live album, and it's kind of funny. It's a pretty short track, but at the beginning, they mention uh, they're like. Uh, Leon Russell's like, oh, a friend of ours is in the crowd. We're going to do one of his songs. And it's like, Dylan's just like, <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ross. So I think it's a great version. I mean, uh, Dylan's famous for uh, inspiring great covers of his songs because he always does things pretty stripped down and people put a little uh, little pizzazz on it. It can really yeah. be something. Good song. Good song. But, you know, maybe because we were talking about Warren Zivon earlier, but it kind of reminded me of uh, Keep Me In Your Heart for a while. Yeah. Just a uh, little bit. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway. I will say that it's not only has it inspired many covers, but I think there was a movie called Girl from the North Country with uh, maybe Charlie's Throne. So, I mean, when when there's a movie covering your song, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's, not bad. it's Theron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you got, Darty? Uh, I, I kind of regret thinking this one. But this, <laughs> oh, is, uh, oh. this is uh, New York Girls by Finbar Fury. And uh, it's, um, well, let's just take a listen to that. <laughs> Here we go. Finbar Fury. 
As I walked down to Chatham Street, a fair maid I did meet. She asked me to see her home, she lived in Bleecker Street. To me way, yes, Andy, my dear Andy. Oh, you New Yorkers, can't you dance the polka? To me way, yes, Andy, my dear Andy. Oh, you New Yorkers, can't you dance the polka? I'm really ruining this playlist. <laughs> the Gangs of New York. Yeah, it, I, I was introduced to this from the Gangs of New York soundtrack, which I freaking love. But it's um, <laughs> like an Irishy folk song yeah, yeah. Oh, man. about you know oh those New York girls. Oh. But um, yeah, it's like a it's a tale of like you know. He says like the cocktail yeah. guy. That you're just doing. <laughs> it's from one of those saloon poetry yeah, contests. Uh, Coglin's Law. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta do. Let's just do cocktail again next time. Yeah, you're cool with that. But um, uh, this is like it, it's a story of just like a wild night on the town, and um, I think it's uh, it's very fun to listen to and go down to like the west village or something and walk around as if you're in old new york and just get blackout <laughs> drunk that's amazing the cobblestone streets and stuff and just like oh those new york girls <laughs> i was gonna say of, of all the songs about new york that might not echo my experience more than as much as other <laughs> I just feel like the LCD song is probably closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. drunk girls. <laughs> Wait an hour to pee. <laughs> well, thank you guys for uh, yeah, listening to this thank album. You, Nick. Yeah. Thank you for the pick, and uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Before we leave, I think we should thank Teen Commandments for oh. providing our intro music and our interstitial music, our outro music, all of our oh, music, our music. Any, yeah. any music that you hear. <laughs> the the, uh, the track at the top and bottom of the episode is uh, our song Ruby. And uh, we haven't put out any music in a little while, so uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks, we're going to take all the music we recorded thus far and put it out on a singular album as just instrumentals. So if you've ever heard Ten Commandment songs and you uh, have not wanted the vocal to kick in, <laughs> this is your week. Available right. on Spotify, yeah. Apple Music, iTunes, wherever, whatever, wherever, wherever you stream your music. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Um, and I think for the next episode, it's uh, Chris's pick. Is Chris's that right? Pick. Yeah, it's my pick. You got any ideas, bud? Yeah, I've got some. Yeah, I think we're locked and loaded. Yeah. All right. Thanks. If you like us, uh, make sure you tell a friend and reach out to us if you want us to do a certain soundtrack. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you for listening, you guys. Bye. Thanks so much. Love you. See you next time. Bye. Bye.